And this morning, we're going to look not to man, but we're going to look to Jesus to say, what does it look like to, to live this life of worship in a way that you, God, rece- receive all our honor and praise? So if you've got your Bible here, please turn to John chapter 17. If you don't have your Bible, it won't be on the screen this morning, and I'm doing this on purpose. I want you to leave here today and go and study this chapter. It's called the High Priestly Prayer, and it comes at an incredible moment where Jesus is getting ready for the cross, and he just spent some time with his disciples saying, I have overcome the world. I've overcome it. The world versus me, the world has come second. And out of that, he said, I'm going to pray now for you guys that you have that same ability and power. If there's one prayer that is sure to be answered, it is when Jesus prays. <laughs> and he prays an incredible prayer over all of us, not just over his disciples. Then it starts with him and his walk with the Father, but then it goes into him and his walk with the disciples. And then he says, and God, I pray for everyone who believes because of the disciples. So this morning as we read the prayer of Jesus for each one of us, open your heart so that your spirit can respond to that and saying, that is Jesus praying for me. And then we're going to study a few short things on it, and then we will hear a testimony this morning as well. It's impossible to to do justice to John chapter 17 in one sermon. I think it's impossible to do justice to it in one year. It's filled with so much, but this morning, I'm going to point us to three things out of this prayer. So let's read together, and I'm reading from the ESV. If you don't have your Bible, just listen attentively. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given me. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have to come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the word has hate excuse me I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world I do not ask that you take them out of the world 
but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I and them, and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundations of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these one know you that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Lord Jesus, help us to understand a fraction this morning of what you prayed over us. Lord, we recognize where we are in this prayer that we are those who believed because we've heard your word by those that you've sent into the world. Lord, thank you that your desire is that we be one, that be, we be positioned in you as you are positioned in the Father. And I pray this morning that our lives of worship will be positioned just like that. Help us to understand your word and Holy Spirit. Anoint the words of Jesus this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love this chapter in the Bible. It's one of my favorites. I've tried to understand and grasp all of it. And oftentimes when I'm in my walk with Jesus and I feel a little bit, ah, just like, I had a day like that on Friday when I just, you know what those days are like. It's just like, ah, it's like, I could just, nah, it doesn't feel like a, I go back to, to, uh, to this, this passage, and I realize what Jesus prayed for me. It speaks about so many things. It speaks about position. It speaks about unity. It speaks about the, the purposes that we are called for. It speaks about the fullness that Jesus had in, on display and the glory of the Father. And then that glory is given to us, the believers, to put on display. Isn't that profound? That we can walk on earth and put the glory of the Father on display because Jesus has showed us what it looks like. And that is, in essence, a heart of worship, a lifestyle of worship, and living our ordinary, everyday lives in a way that He gets the honor. So three things I want to bring your attention to. Now, it's going to be brief. Write them down. Go and study them. And it's all, three of them are W's this morning. But the first thing that Jesus prays about is work. Work is not a bad word. If you think it is, well, the Bible makes it clear that God has given us a work as his people. Jesus has set this example where there's a work entrusted to him by the Father, and then it's clear that he entrusts a work to his followers. And we see that in Matthew 28, 19, and Acts 7, when he commissions, Acts 1, verse 7, when he commissions them, saying, you now go into the world and here is your work. 
Let me just remind you of the scriptures we just read. John 17 verse 4. And he speaks to the Father. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Verse 18. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Wouldn't it be amazing to one day stand in the presence of God and say, every single work that you had for me, I accomplished. Wouldn't that be incredible? Ephesians 2 verse 10, if you know me longer than a year, you know that this is one of my favorite verses. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared for us beforehand that we might walk in them. We are called as the people of God to do the work of God through the life that he has entrusted to us. Will we be like Jesus whose final words are, it is finished? Will we be set off like David who said after he fulfilled all of God's purposes for his generation, he fell asleep? No, he didn't take a nap, just worked a little bit in a second. He, he, he stepped into eternity. After he completed all of God's purposes in his generation, and here we see Jesus praying this for us, saying, God, let my people and these believers you gave me and everyone who believes in them because of their word live their lives in such a way that their work glorifies you. Have you ever stopped to consider and say, God, have you got to work for me? In my workplace, I, I thought about the American movies. You've all seen the classic scene, someone gets fired. The next scene in the movie is a massive big carton box filled with stuff quickly get it off the, and then they walk out the door and they're upset and there's some picture frames in there. And, and I thought about this. If, if we work, walk into a workplace, that's sometimes how we treat it. It's so separated from, from our lives. We might take out a picture of our family. Some of us, when we want to be very holy, we take a Bible along or there's a Bible verse or those little cards that you pull, whatever it is that you do. And we set up these things in our workspace to just just show the people around that, you know what, we are followers of Jesus. When you step into your workplace, you open your box and you put your heart on the table. Because all that you are goes to everywhere that you are. And that is where you ought to be a witness and fulfill the work that God has for you. We separate the secular and the sacred. We think when we're in the workspace that this is now a moment to just try and be holy and maybe worship Jesus a little bit because this, this is secular, it's, it's work, but then can't wait for Sunday because I'm with the people of God and, and then I can be holy again. We live in this, this, this strange world where these things are so separated where Jesus has given each one of us a work to fulfill. And wherever your workplace is, wherever your family is, wherever you stay, wherever you live, wherever you move, you need to think, Jesus, is there a good work for me to walk in today because I want to walk in it because you prayed this for me. And here's the thing about Jesus' prayer. yes. A prayer to be fulfilled, but you still have a choice whether you want to be part of the fulfilling of Jesus' prayer in your life. So the first thing we see there is that there's a work for us. The second thing is the word. Not only are we called to be a people who fulfill the work like those before us and the examples we looked at over the past few weeks, our work is the platform and his word is the script. If I may use, again, the analogy of the theater. 
The stage that God has given you is your vocation. It's what he called you to. It's what you're doing with your time. And the script is his word. And he prays that. He said, God, I entrusted to them everything that I know, which is truth, your word, and I sent them with that into the world. Verse 14, I have given, given them your word. Verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. We don't have to look much further to know what our script is when we are working for Jesus than his word. I thought about it this morning. We live in a nation where there's freedom of speech, excluding hate speech. We live in a nation where there's freedom of religion, yet we as Christians shrink back and we hold back because we don't want to say what we have to say and bring truth to a situation. And I'm asking, is that honoring Jesus? I don't talk about judgment. I don't talk about going and saying, you sinner, you're going to burn and go to hell. I talk about us, the voice of the church, the Christians, stepping into communities, into workplaces and saying, this is the truth and the word of God. And we put it on display. Will we be a people who take that word that Jesus entrusted to us and live it out to the world so that more can believe in him? When Christians lose their voice, culture and community loses its way. When we start neglecting our platforms and the work that God has given us, and when we don't use that as an opportunity to speak the truth, the word of God in truth, then we see it all around us. Culture and community gives way to decay. And in the third one, this thing that Jesus prayed into is he prayed into the world as well. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you are otherworldly. Okay, if you're, only if you're sitting next to your spouse, tell them you are out of this world. Okay, here's a, here's a fun one. Turn to your neighbor and tell them aliens exist and you are one. There we go. Just said it from the pulpit. Aliens exist. It's in the Bible. <laughs> John 17, verse 14. The world has hated them, speaking of the believers, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And verse 21. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I thought about this, and I think, I thought about, it's easy for me to say, because in my vocation of, of church, it's a little bit different, and what is, how does it look for the rest of you who doesn't have church as a vocation, and, and I paused, and I said, it doesn't have to be any different, and it shouldn't be any different. When the word of truth is burning inside of you, you're going to shine in the darkness of the world out there, and you're going to look otherworldly to the people. We try everything in our power to just be accepted by the world. I want to be accepted by Jesus and his truth. I don't want to live this life in a way that I need to present things so I can just know, oh, you know what, in the end of the day, everyone is happy with Pierre. The only one that ought to be fulfilled in joy and happiness is the Father because I lived in a way that my work and my words is in honor of him. 1 Peter 2.11, beloved, 
I urge you as aliens, there we go, and strangers in this world, to abstain from the sensual urges, those dishonorable desires that wage war against the soul. We have to look different to the world that we are in because we are not of this world, the Bible is clear. The moment you stepped into the fullness that Jesus has for you and you are a changed person, born again, then you are from another world. And we need to take that all the way back to our workplace and we need to take that all the way back to our words and here's the essence of what Jesus prayed for that we're focusing on this morning for us. Your work and words manifest to the world the glory of the Father you worship. Your works and words manifest to the world the glory of the Father you worship. I'm gonna ask Graham to come and join me. But in essence, this whole series has been about this. Graham, you can come and take your seat next to me. In essence, the whole series has been about this, that there's a truth and there's a Father and there's a Jesus that showed us what it is. And Jesus finished his work on earth and he accomplished all of that. And if we as his people live an ordinary everyday life of worship before the Father, it would be said of us one day as well that when we, we read Eugene's eulogy, that this man fulfilled all the work and accomplished everything that God had for him in his generation. I look across the room and I know what some of you guys do in your life, in your work. There's, there's teachers here, there's people in ministry here, there's people in business, in the finance sector. There's, there's just moms. There are retirees here who spending the last bit of your few years, that sounds terrible, who spends, <laughs> sorry, I, I ask forgiveness, I'll repent immediately. There's people here who's worked really hard and, and you're in a space now where you've got time on your hands and I, I look over this room and I see lives that put God on display and let it be said of us as a people that we've accomplished everything that God has for me. Now that the bad joke is out. It wasn't even a joke, it was just a slip of the tongue. I'm all forgiven, mate. I'm, and, and here's what I want to end with. I'm going to read as a conclusion Jesus' prayer for us. And he prays first to his father. He said, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And then later on, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Lord Jesus, we pray at the end of a series like this, Lord, where we're saying we want to be a people who completely adore you in all of life, where all our affections are towards you and for you where we are deeply satisfied in you and nothing else that this world has to offer. We want to join in with this prayer of Jesus and say, we want to glorify you as Jesus did glorify you on this earth. And if that's you this morning, just respond by saying, Jesus, that's me. I want my life's work. I want my words to be a testament to this world that there's an amazing, glorious, heavenly Father who loves every single being on earth. Lord, I pray that this moment and, and, and just hearing one story of faith wouldn't be our last moment of considering our lives before you as an offering. Lord, and that we would burn those words into our hearts this morning, that we are always in a temple, 
So we will always worship. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.